The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, this is a perfect show as uh, January is coming to a close and Valentine's Day, the dreaded Valentine's Day, dreaded at least uh, for a lot of single people who don't have a Valentine, uh, is fast approaching. And so I thought it would be great to um, do a show that would help people um, who, who are Valentine's Day challenged. I like that. I just came up with that. <laughs> Uh, two, think about love a different way. So today we're going to be talking about creating love on purpose. If you're out there and you're tired of waiting and hoping for Mr. or Ms. Wright to come along and sweep you off your feet through some accident of fate, today's guests will help you and explain and show you how you can actually take charge of your fate to find your soulmate, just like they did. My guests are Orna and Matthew Walters. They are the co-founders of Creating Love on Purpose. They'll tell you all about that. And they are, um, what I love about them is they are examples of uh, how one can and how they have created their own love on purpose. So welcome to the show, Orna and Matthew. Hi, so glad to be here. Hi, Carol. Thank you for having us. You're very welcome. So I thought we would start out because you know that people like proof, right? <laughs> Before they, I mean, there's so many, uh, so many, what, um, so many people out there trying to tell them uh, how to find love, including yours truly, that um, people need to, it's really helpful for people to hear about something that is, has been shown to work. And of course, you two are the great examples of that. So why don't we start with you, Orna? Tell, take us from um, your your having looked for a soulmate and what you went through, and uh, until you found Matthew. And then Matthew, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Sure. Um, you know, starting with me, I'll be honest. You know, my story is pretty dramatic because I I actually grew up in a home with a lot of abuse, a lot of emotional abuse and physical abuse, and. Really, for me, um, learning how to receive love, Matthew and I call that your love imprint, right? How you learned love in your family of origin. Yes. So for me, my love imprint was all um, tangled up with love and pain because the people I was dependent on for my safety and love were emotionally abusive and physically abusive. And, you know, as I grew up and I really got out of that chaotic house as early as possible, 
I was in, you know, I went to school at UCLA, and I always excelled in school and was always a very good student, and I always excelled in sort of my professional life. But I found myself in my 20s in a relationship with a guy who you know, really thought was the guy. You know, I was like drawn to him in, in a very strong way. And about 16 months into the relationship, he beat me up. And, I mean, it, for me, it really came out of nowhere at the time. And, you know, looking back, you can always connect the dots a bit better, right. you know, once right. you sort of look backwards at things. But looking forward, you don't, you, you know, you can't do that. So there I was in my 20s, you know, moving out of this place that I had lived in with this guy and um, really shell-shocked because my whole world sort of changed in that New York minute. And um, what, I, what I ended up looking at is, well, how did that happen? Like, how, like, I know I'm smart, and yet, you know, here I chose someone who would harm me when absolutely the last thing I wanted was to be with somebody who would harm me. Like, I started delving into, well, how did that happen? You know, uh-huh. and I started reading all the books that are out there about love, and, you know, I read, you know, Harville Hendricks, you know, the whole Imago thing, and, you know, you name it, I read it. Any workshop, I started really looking at, well, how did this happen to Mm. me? And in that process, what happened is, through a lot of trial and error, is I was able to change how I learned to receive love so that I could untangle love from pain and that I could really start to create love in this intentional way and start to think about what did I really want in a partner and what would that look like, and then what do I need to change about myself so that I would be drawing in the kind of man that I would want in this partnership. Mm-hmm. And, um, and how long have you and Matthew been together? We've now been together uh, a little over five years. Uh huh. Okay. And so, how? So you were in this process, and how did you draw in Matthew, for lack of a better word? Um, well, how did I draw him in? I don't think there's one thing that I did. Um, I think it was many things that I did. But one thing that was really, um, Matthew and I talk about when we work with a client, we talk about looking at past relationships and mining them for what we call the golden nugget. Mm-hmm. You know, to find that golden nugget. And the golden nugget does a couple things. Number one, it releases you from that person. So you're no longer emotionally tied to them. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that the golden nugget does is it gives you what you needed from that relationship so you can move forward. Yes. So there was one really important golden nugget that I got. Um, I had dated this guy in the year 2000. And. At the end of that relationship, it took me a long time to find that golden nugget. I was like, where is it? You know, and I'd already started doing this process with every relationship that didn't work. I, you know, I would think, well, this person showed up in my life for a reason. So what is it that I need to grow and learn so I can move forward towards my beloved? And when I figured this one out, Carol, it stopped me in my tracks because it was, I, I think it was really one of the key bits for me so that I could be available to be with Matthew, who's such an amazing human being. I mean, I feel blessed every day that I get to share my world with this amazing man. And uh-huh. he is not only my husband, but my, you know, coworker. And so this guy in 2000, his family, you know, they certainly have their dysfunction like every family does. But one of the things that his family did is they loved one another respectfully. 
You know, in my family of origin, I love you, really meant I don't respect you because I love you in my family of origin meant I could do anything to you. Mm. I could say anything. I could do anything. There was no separation between anybody because love meant there was no separation and you and I were one. And so without that separation of respect, and that was the key that I learned. That was the golden nugget was I suddenly dawned on me that, oh, I want to be loved respectfully, and that meant I had to learn how to give love respectfully. And as much as I love my husband, I can't do anything to him. That's not appropriate. You know, I like to think of a healthy relationship moving through the world the way um, ballroom dancers move on the dance floor. Uh They touch in certain areas, but there's a space between them, Mm. and that space is that space of respect. Yes. So, but going back to this golden nugget, so how did you learn, I mean, when that relationship ended, how did you, I mean, was there pain connected to, in other words, what, this was the positive thing that you got exposed to his family, um, this man's family from 2000, where you could see that they loved each other respectfully, but what did you learn, I mean, was there... In other words, were you saying that the pain of, of that relationship, and, and there must have been something wrong with that relationship since you're not with that person anymore. Oh, yeah, it didn't work, actually. I, um, you know, he, he was deceitful. He, um, he was smoking behind my back, and when I found, I, I'm very sensitive to cigarette smoke. I mean, it, it seems sort of a silly thing, I guess, to some people, but that's one of my deal breakers. My deal breaker is I can't be with somebody who's a smoker. And when I found out that he smoked, I ended the relationship and he was like shocked. He's like, well, it can't just be about the smoking. And I said, you're absolutely right. It's also about the lying. Mm. <laughs> so, yes. um, but you know, he's a good man. And uh, I mean, really he's a good guy, but you know, we weren't, we weren't at the same level. And um, like I said, it's, it's, it's about mining that, that of when a relationship doesn't work out, what is the growth piece for yourself? It's not about why did the relationship end, like, you know, why, like, to place blame. It's what is the growth nugget? What was I supposed to learn from this person that will move me forward towards my beloved? And i got to tell you, I had to learn how to love respectfully. I didn't know how to do that. And, and so all of my subsequent relationships from, you know, the end of 2000, when that relationship ended, and there was a few others before I met Matthew, and we connected in 2007, I really look at as my sort of learning um, and how to love respectfully, that I didn't get to go from that relationship, have that aha, and then suddenly, with a snap of a finger, now I know how to love respectfully. No, uh-huh. you know, I had to practice. You know, so I got to practice with a few other people before I connected with Matthew. I see. You know, it's interesting, though, because you learned that from his family, and yet he obviously didn't know how to love respectfully since he did do this behind your back. Yes, and, you know, I, I, I will say this. It's, I, you know, when, when I talk about respectful love in the sense of not being emotionally abusive or physically abusive to the extreme of my chaotic family of origin... But this man's family of origin, um, yes, I could, lying is not respectful. That's true. But really, he wanted to be in a relationship with me, and yet he had this addiction of smoking. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like his lying was to say, I like you so much. I mean, I sort of get it from knowing his family. It, was like, it wasn't like, I'm going to disrespect you by lying. It was, 
oh, I like you so much, I want to be in a relationship with you. And if you knew about my smoking, you know you wouldn't be in a relationship with me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So yes. remember, we're not simple. I know you know this, Carol, right? right. We're, to anybody listening, it's not like we're wired like the light switch on the wall. It's not an on-off position. There isn't those black and white, right? We live in the gray. And so, um, you know, I'm talking about the real extreme of disrespectful of, you know, in my family of origin. So, I do think that this man has, has learned a lot about loving respectfully because he does come from a family that very much loves one another respectfully in comparison to my uh-huh. family. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yes, well, that makes sense. Well, okay, um, what, Matthew, why don't you take take us up to this point from your background and then we can talk about how the two of you uh, met. Sure. So, you know, my story is, Certainly not as dramatic as Orna's, but in most people's aren't. But part in telling my story is to have people realize that we all have some version of this love imprint that we talk about, right? Right. As children, we all misunderstand events around us and, and interpret them to mean certain things. So in my family, uh, you know, they, they express love by making fun of you. <laughs> You know, and, and a lot of people's families are like this. It's like they don't really know how to talk about feelings, and so what we do is we, we make fun of each other, we pick on each other, and, and it can be a lot of fun as adults, right? We all joke about it, but as children, you know, me being, you know, two, three, four years old, I certainly didn't understand yes. that this was a way of expressing love, right? And the yes. interpretation that I made as a small child, right, and I only understand this through all the work I did in looking back and examining my own patterns so that I could break them, was, was the realization that for me, love and rejection mm. were intertwined, right? That, that love meant uh, there's something wrong with me, right? That love meant I needed to be someone other than who I really was mm. in order mm. to be in relationship. Hmm, interesting. So, Orna, for you it was love and pain, and Matthew, for it was love and rejection, which is another kind of pain. Um, we need to take a break. Okay. Um, we'll get back to Matthew's story when we come back. I'm talking with Orna and Matthew Walters. They're, um, they're the co-founders of Creating Love on Purpose. We'll hear more about that as well when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Think of the world. 
50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about creating love on purpose, which is exactly the what my guests have founded, uh, creating love on purpose, and that they exemplify, Orna and Matthew Walters. And before the break, um, Matthew was telling us about his um, backstory uh, before he met Orna. So continue with where you were about, we were talking about how uh, love was connected with rejection when you were growing up. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I, I just remember growing up in, in my, you know, early teens and, and just, you know, constantly feeling feeling like when I ever stepped out to do the things that felt natural to me that I just constantly made fun of in my family. And so when I started dating, uh, and this is all in looking back, right? I didn't realize this at the time. But when I started dating, there were sort of two types of women that would really, you know, show up in my life. And then mm. the, the one type who I was, like, really attracted to and really interested in, and she usually was not. Right, she was not so into me, and I would spend a certain amount of energy and time and, and heartache sort of chasing her around, trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. And then the other type of woman that showed up for me was, was one who, who liked me right away, right? And she would usually let me know that early on, and she'd say, wow, you're a really great guy. And the first thought that would come into my head was, well, what's wrong with you? Mm. And then the second thought that would show up would be, well, wait till you get to know me. Mm-hmm. You know, because there was that part of me that sort of felt like, well, I can't be loved for who I really am. And so what I spent a lot of time doing in my early 20s into my early 30s was basically creating situations in which I would sabotage the relationship. Yes, because you didn't want to get to that point of being made fun of and rejected. Exactly, because I knew the rejection was coming on a subconscious level, so I just sort of created, you know, jump in front and, and make sure I was the one in charge of that rejection as opposed to, you know, being rejected. Yes. And um, this really actually came to a head in the summer before I met Orna, where I started dating this woman who I had met online, and we had an instant connection. We had a lot in common. In fact, um, in terms of creating love on purpose, I had a whole, you know, vision board with a list and all these qualities, and she fit most of those qualities, mm. right? She had dark, curly hair. She was a yoga teacher and a meditator. She was a vegan. She rode her bike everywhere. Uh-huh. You know, the way she lived her life was what I was looking for. And huh. so on the surface, I thought, oh, look, all this intentional work I've done, I found the person. Huh. And what happened in that relationship was very early on, she'd say, well, you're a really great guy, but. Hmm. And then she'd point out to me something that she didn't like. 
And, you know, what I would do, being the, the kind of person I, w- I am at, at this point in my life, is I'd go, oh, okay, that's interesting, and I'd, I'd look at that thing, and I'd go, oh, I could see how somebody wouldn't like that. And I'd, I'd go to my teachers, and I'd go to my mentors, and say, you know, I want to change this thing. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they said, well, why do you want to do that? And I said, well, there's this girl, and they said, that's a bad idea. And I said, I don't care, I want to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so I would do the work. And, and, you know, as we got back together, you know, she'd say, oh, wow, you really did work on shifting that, and I appreciate that. And then very quickly, like several days later, she'd go, oh, there's this other thing. Mm-hmm. And we spent the whole summer, you know, breaking up and getting back together, and it was a very tumultuous relationship. And what I realized at, cert- at a certain point, like two months in, I realized here yet again is a deeper story of me being rejected. Yes. And so I began to realize that, that she came into my life to teach me that there was more work I needed to do on myself for my own sense of self-acceptance. And so I ended that relationship because I realized I didn't want to continue playing that game with her. I just needed to do that on my own. Yeah. Right? I mean, she was not the person because that, that cycle for her would never end. Right. And so... You know, I actually did end that relationship and and really focused on looking at that last piece. What what other areas of my life am I not accepting of myself? Where am I still in that place of rejection? And and really did some focused work on that. And it literally wasn't, you know, a couple weeks later after that that Orna, who had been in my life all along, but she suddenly showed up in my life in a different way. Well, wait, I don't know that part. What do you mean she'd been in your life all along? So we met in a business networking group, and, uh, and we both went to this one meeting once a month for a year. And it was a large group. There were about 70, 80 people there, so it was possible for us to be in this networking group and not talk to each other, which ironically is true. For a year, we were in this group, and we'd never actually spoken. But we knew who each other were. And then suddenly, you know, I go in on, on, on one morning, and she sits down at the table I'm sitting at, and I look at her, and I... This voice inside my head says, I really want to talk to her. And, you know, I don't know if I knew in that moment. Well, she does have dark curly hair. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know if I knew in that moment it was because I was attracted to her, which I was, right, or if it was because I thought there was something else as a, you know, from a business standpoint I wanted to find out. But I just knew that I needed to follow up and connect with her. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Orna, you want to take it from there? Sure. Um... And how did you feel sitting down there and looking at him? Uh, you know, I, I honestly, I didn't, I, nothing. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I sat at that table. I remember the person sitting next to me because we, it was a friend from that networking group. And then later on, shortly thereafter, Matthew called me and like straight out of the handbook, you know, from this networking group, he said, hello, this is Matthew Walters. I'd like to schedule some one-on-one networking with you so I could better refer clients to you. And, huh. and I was super busy and had a whole bunch of stuff going on and in my usual Orna fashion said, oh, that's great. Um, I don't know my schedule right now. I'll get back to you. And I'll be honest, I, I didn't call him back. And then a week later, I planned on calling him back. I had every intention of calling him back. But a week later, when I hadn't called yet, Matthew called me again. And um, and that's, I just want to reiterate that again for any of the ladies listening that think, oh, they have to do something to bring in a guy. Because if a guy likes you or is attracted to you or wants to see you, he will pursue you. Mm-hmm. And that's true for any guy. And so... 
if he's not pursuing you, that doesn't mean you have to do something. That means he probably just doesn't like you that much. Because I know I said to Matthew, oh, you know, I'll get back to you. And when I didn't, he called again. And I said, now I was, like, mortified. Like, as a business professional, I thought, oh, here's a guy who, you know, wants to sit and network with me and, and refer clients to me, and I hadn't gotten back to him. So, you know, I pulled out my, my calendar, and we set a, a, a networking breakfast, you know, uh-huh. just one-on-one. So that day where that you happened to be sitting at the table that Matthew was mentioning, you didn't you didn't speak or you didn't notice him or I mean, no, we talked because he was actually running the table, like there was a there's a table host at these uh, events. Yeah. And I knew who he was. You know, I knew he was, I knew he was a hypnotherapist and but we hadn't really talked one on one, so you know, we engaged the way I engaged with him the same way I did with everybody else at that table. Yes. But on my end it's not like he stood out. He didn't really stand out for me until that networking breakfast when we met one on one. When when all of a sudden <laughs> Well, you know, this is interesting is I have worked in the entertainment industry for over twenty years and I left entertainment for personal growth. And at the time that I met Matthew, I had my um, my life coaching practice um, as a manifestation coach, and I had, uh, you know, I was building that practice. But I, all my friends in entertainment, like, thought I was a crazy person, like that I would leave entertainment, like ah, uh-huh. oh, to them, like the mecca, right? Uh-huh. And when I sat down at that um, breakfast with Matthew, because we'd never really had any conversation about, you know, anything else besides business or how we got to do what we're doing. And I found out that he had worked in entertainment, and he also had left entertainment for personal growth. Mm. And at that point, I think we ended up talking about everything else under the sun except business. Mm. It ended up being one of the longest, you know, networking one-on-one breakfasts I've ever had. We sat there. They, they, after we finished eating, they bust our table, and then later somebody came up and, and reset up our table, and then somebody came by to take our order again. <laughs> right, we sat there so long, and, and then when we finally got up and left, I think we spent another 20 or 30 minutes in the parking lot. Huh. So it was clear right away when we started talking to each other that, that you know, we, there was a mutual interest. Um, and we actually then spent the next month to a month and a half flirting over networking meetings before we had our first real date. Mm. So, okay, and then, and then how long after that did you get married? Uh, we got engaged uh, six months after we started dating, and then uh, two two years after we started dating, we got married. Okay. So how did that, you know, with both of you being so focused on on learning lessons from the past and so on, uh, that must have been a very interesting two-year courtship. Well, you know, it, it's funny. You know, when I called my mom to say that Matthew and I were engaged, she like, thought I was joking. Like, she said, oh, it's not nice to tease an old woman. Like, you know, she <laughs> she had given up on me. And, and I'll be honest, I had a lot of friends say to me, wow, you're you're going to get married. I never thought you wanted to get married. And, and I'll be honest, for me, like, getting married was not a, ever seen to me as a goal. Like, huh. you know, there's plenty of people get married and get divorced. So, I mean, getting married, like, anybody could do that. Like, for mm-hmm. me... Um, you know, but getting married to Matthew, now that was something I could really get excited about. Hmm. You know, a, a really good story about uh, something that happened early on in our, our, our dating sort of, I think, exemplifies what our relationship was like. We were at a, um, a, a friend's birthday, and it was a murder mystery party. Mm-hmm. And, and they set it up that you were supposed to, quote-unquote, lie, right, as you're talking to people, sort of to play the little game of intrigue as, as part of this party. 
And so this guy was talking to us, and he looks at us. He says, so how long have you guys been married? And we said, oh, we haven't been married. We've just been dating about three weeks. And he goes, oh, right, everybody lies. <laughs> and even to, to like a half hour later when his wife came over and he introduced her to us, he says, he says they're not admitting that they're married. <laughs> and, and literally that was the energy of our courtship. It was like when we came together, it was really clear. Huh. That we were meant to be together, and that, and it was, you know, both of us looking back on it say it's probably the easiest relationship we've we've ever had. Hmm. And it, it came because you know we had done so much work on ourselves that we were conscious of who we were, what our stuff was, and how to communicate about it. Well, this is a perfect uh, perfect time to take a break because then when we come back. Um, we can talk about how you took all of this and put it together into creating love on purpose so that you can help other people do the same thing. So we'll be right back. I'm talking with Orna and Matthew Walters, and um, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Do you find yourself tearing pictures of rooms out of magazines? Do you watch certain movies and TV programs because of the homes they show? Are Sundays reserved for open houses? Then you are a home dreamer. And someday, you will build or renovate your dream home. Steve Cliff has spent three decades learning how to win at the dream home game. His show, Winning the Dream Home Race, can be heard every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Let Steve Cliff help save you money and make you a winner. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about creating love on purpose with my guests, Orna and Matthew Walters, who are co-founders of Creating Love on Purpose. And we're, uh, we left on a cliffhanger here, <laughs> talking about um, their own relationships and, and how they came together through practicing exactly what they now teach. So tell us about that, how all of this, once you met each other, how Creating Love on Purpose evolved. 
Well, you know, it's sort of interesting because both of us were working in personal growth. Um, everybody we met, you know, would say, they'd ask Matthew, what do you do? And he'd say, oh, I'm a hypnotherapist. And they'd ask me, well, what do you do? And I'd say, oh, I'm a manifestation coach. And people would say every time, like, oh, you should do something together. Mm. You know, we sort of, you know, googly-eyed look at each other with all those, you know, falling in love hormones flowing. We're like, we do something together. What? Like, ooh, we're just falling in love. You know what I mean? We're sort of in that blissful state. Well, what ended up happening um, really was sort of organic. Um, you know, I was working in my practice. Matthew was working in his practice. And we had a, a friend of ours sort of pitch us to be the keynote speaker at an event in town in, in Los Angeles. And um, when we went in for the meeting, there was we realized pretty early on in the meeting that there was some miscommunication along the way, and the assumption was made that we already worked together and sort of spoke together and was already doing stuff together. Mm. And so, you know, Matthew and I have a lot of training in, in entertainment. We both have studied improv, and, and we know in business opportunities, you know, come around, and you say yes, right, and you right. figure out the details later. So right. there we were in this meeting, and they basically asked us to take the speaking spot on this particular day and all that, and so we sat there in the meeting, and we said, yes, of course, yes, we'll take it, yes, we'll do this together, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And then we get down to the car, and we look at each other, and we're like, okay, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> so... In that conversation... You know, we, we we're both so passionate about relationship anyway, because we'd, we'd literally been talking about our relationship all the time while we were dating to people. It was just such a great story. And so we thought, well, let's talk about relationship, because that's something we're really passionate about. And then we thought, well, if we're going to talk about relationship, we should offer something. Mm. So we put together a, a workshop that we called Creating Love on Purpose, and um, we offered that workshop at the end of this little talk. Hmm. And what we discovered very quickly was it's difficult to fill a workshop when you're unknown in that area. Mm-hmm. Right? Nobody knew us as relationship coaches. We'd never done it before, and suddenly here we are you know, offering this workshop. And so we had, a, we had a, a handful of people sign up and had a great time and, and learned a lot. And, and then we went, you know, we really like doing this. And so... Both of us had studied Internet marketing, and so we thought, well, let's, let's start building this business online. So we created a website, and we started you know, hosting teleclasses and, and started getting coaching clients. And in doing this as well, is we, we sort of took the work that Orna did, we took the work that I did, and we, we sort of combined it with the work we were doing with our clients and really created a system. And the system is, is what creating love on purpose is. You know, it's a seven-step system that we take our clients through, and we, we do it either you know, individually or in groups, that sort of leads them to the place of intentional love. And what we mean by that is most people are creating love accidentally. They're creating love by, by this love imprint that we've talked about, right? That mm-hmm. We learn how to receive love at a very young age, and in that there's a story, and that story is really subconscious. It's not something we're aware of. And so our subconscious is filtering people to us who reflect back to us our love imprint. Right. And, and we get in relationship with these people, and we're like, we ended up, you know, early on in the relationship, when you have conflict, you're like, wow, this is just like my dad, or just like my mom, or, right. Right? or this is just like my last boyfriend, right? We start seeing these patterns. And so, you know, our first step in, our, in working with any client is discovering and revealing that pattern. And then, you know, we move through releasing them from the things that aren't working. We call these our, you know, your subconscious blocks to love. So we identify that love imprint 
what are the inherent blocks that are blocking you from what you desire. Because, you know, when you look at my story, you go, okay, here is this abusive family. Clearly I don't want abuse, but yet I ended up picking an abuser because we will choose what is familiar to us as long as that subconscious program is running. Right. And so what we do with our client is we, we literally interrupt that pattern of that subconscious programming. Um, we had a client um, that we were working with um, last summer, and we very quickly identified that one of her biggest blocks to love was this belief that all the good ones were taken, mm. right? Very common block, right? Right. She's a professional woman in her 40s, early 40s, and, you know, she... Um, She's a doctor. She, you know, revolves in circles where there's a lot of older, you know, men and women. And so she would meet these guys, and whenever she was attracted to somebody, you know, they were already married. Mm. And so I, I, I love this sharing this story because the work we do, because of Matthew's um, toolkit, really, with using all of the NLP and hypnosis practice, we were directly accessing the subconscious. So the work is very quick. With this particular client, um, on our third session, she gets on the phone, and she's almost laughing. We're, like, checking in, and she's like, I couldn't wait to talk to you guys. We're like, why? What happened? She said, well, I met three guys, all of them age-appropriate, all of them single. She goes, you're not going to believe this. They all live in my building. <laughs> and we're like, what? And she says, yeah, I met... I met one down at the, you know, at the mailbox, and, you know, I've lived here, you know, eight years. I've never met him before. You know, he lived in the building like nine years. You know, I met another guy in the, in the parking garage, and, you know, he's lived here quite some time, never seen him before. And the third guy, I was like laughing. I met him getting on the elevator, and I literally standing on the, I stood on the elevator, and I literally looked up, you know, like as if to God to say, okay, okay, I get it. I've just been seeing the world a certain way, and what you guys have done is, now I'm seeing the world in a whole other way. Mm. Mm. And that's really, the, I think, the, the real inner work that we do is we shift people's perception of what's available for them so they can move out of choosing what's familiar and they can start to create what they desire. You know, we, we have a, a saying, you know, there's, there's a common saying in our culture, which is, well, I'll believe it when I see it. And our work and, and our belief is, is actually that, that saying is the opposite, which is I'll see it when I believe it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so many uh, of the women we work with, you know, they say, well, there are, no, there, there are no eligible men available. There's no, you know, the, I only meet two types of guys. There's, a, there's usually the, the guy that who's, who won't commit, but there's a lot of chemistry. And then there's the, the really nice guy that I don't have any chemistry right. with, but he really loves me. And it's like... And those are subconscious stories, and that's why those types of men are, are showing up for you. And as we shift that story, different types of men will show up because, you know, there's infinite types of men in the world. Well, and also you go through the and find the golden nuggets, right? Exactly. Well, we, we do take them through mining, you know, some relations for the, for the golden nugget pieces. Really, it's the seven-step process is really about, you know, identifying the love imprint and the blocks, then removing those blocks. Then we do some processes about stepping into your authentic self. You know, really, we all want to be loved for who we really are, and yet there's a part of us that's terrified to show up as who we really are. Right. So it's, it's really about building that belief that we are worthy of love. You know, that was really my story. I, I really never, you know, when I had friends say, oh, I never thought you wanted to get married, marriage was never a goal. I never thought any man would want to marry me. So that wasn't ever part of it because 
my story, I believed I was unlovable. And as long as I believed I was unlovable, I, that, I would prove that to be true all the time. Yes, yes. And so I had my heart broken literally over and over and over again because my core belief was that I was unlovable. And I literally had to change that to I am worth loving. And, you know, in, the, in my own process, I know we sort of moved on a little, but I just want to share this little story. At one point when I still had a job, you know, I was working at a, at a desk, I, you know, and one morning I, I came in and on my bulletin board I had this really pretty um, sort of affirmation that said, I am worth loving. And somebody had stuck a post-it up next to it that said, I'm worth taking out for a cup of coffee. Huh. And I remember laughing, and I still don't, to this day, I don't know who did it, but it made me laugh so hard because it just reinforced myself because I thought, no, no, I'm worth not just a cup of coffee. I'm worth (laughs) loving. I am worth loving. And it was, you know, that's part of the whole journey. So we, you know, we do this. Was Was that meant to be? I'm not quite sure how to take that. That little post-it. I, I'm sure they were being sarcastic. I worked in entertainment, remember? <laughs> but, it's, you know, again, it's, it's how, do, how do we respond to things. I took mm-hmm. it as a positive. It made me, it, for me, it reinforced what I was aiming for, mm-hmm. you know, that I was worth loving. So, you know, back to our, 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 you know, our processes that we do, you know, from the authentic piece, we teach communication skills. You know, we say you can say anything to anyone, it's all in how you say it. We, we coached a client, speak with her husband. She thought her husband had a, a porn addiction. And we, they, they, every time she tried to bring it up, they would get up in this big fight, and we coached her through how to have the conversation. And, I mean, they ended up really, in a really lovely way, bringing their relationship, making it stronger, and, and bridging this gap that was, you know, between them. And so it's really how you say it. So communication skills, you know, we teach those. And, you know, if we're working with a client who's single and wants to bring in love, we do a, a really great process called Bring In Your Beloved, which is really about setting that intention and what that's going to feel like and look like when you, when you meet up with that partner. So do, and, you, do you talk about, um, do you suggest that people make vision boards and so on or to write down qualities that they're looking for in a partner? We have a real specific way of doing the, the qualities. Vision boards are great. I think people should all do them. You know, there is a saying, uh, I, I love to look at the language that we use as a culture because I think it speaks a lot to how, what we think and what we believe, right? And another saying that's really common is, is, is we'll say, well, I just can't see myself doing that, mm. right? And, and somebody who says that is speaking a literal truth. They can't create an image in their mind of them doing that activity, whether it's bungee jumping or meeting the love of their life, right? Yeah. And until you can see it, once you can see it, then your subconscious says, oh, this is possible, and then that changes all of your actions that you take, because when you believe something to be possible, then you're going to take different actions than if you believe that it's just not true. Yes. You know, so, so we, we, we love, you know, vision boards, but also we look at what we call your relationship drivers. And your relationship drivers are literally those subconscious values that you have that are driving your choices in relationship. And, and, and we really look at what direction are they driving you. Are they driving you towards more love, joy, inspiration in your life, or are they driving you away from hurt and sadness and anger and shame? You know, when we um, have a strategy session with a potential client, you know, we always ask them, you know, what do, we ask them what is their biggest fear in relationship. And at some point we say, well, okay, let's say you were able to overcome that. So you didn't have that belief anymore. 
what's possible for you? What would, what would that ideal relationship look like? And most of them end up as a deer in the headlights at that point. Yes. Well, we hear, here's the music again, talking about deer in headlights. We do need to take another break. We'll, we'll come back and take it up right from there. My guests are Orna and Matthew Walters. They're co-founders of Creating Love on Purpose. And you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and we'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, Tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where today we're talking about creating love on purpose with Orna and Matthew Walters, who are co-founders of, guess what, Creating Love on Purpose. <laughs> and we're uh, helping you, uh, helping the Valentine's Day challenged on the way to Valentine's Day to, uh, to think about love in a deeper way and why you might not have the love that you want in your life at this time. So, Orna, before the break, you were talking about um, how people get this, uh, this deer in headlights look. Yeah, you know, it's it's like they know what they don't want, but they're not clear on what they do want. And, you know, like Matthew had said earlier, you know, if we can't see it, we can't create it. So if you talk, you know, I was a manifestation coach before. If you want to manifest anything, you've got to see yourself having the thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important to be able to know what it is that you're aiming for and creating in this process. So when we talk about the list, right, the list isn't, how tall is he, what color hair does he have, how much money does he make, right? The list is what qualities does he have as a human being and how is he going to make you feel when you're in relationship together. Mm. You know, because that's really what sustains a relationship. It's not the external pieces. It's not the fact 
that the woman I was dating before I met Orna was a yoga teacher and a meditator, <laughs> right? Um, you know, that couldn't sustain a relationship because really we weren't compatible as people because we didn't have the same values. And that's really what sustains relationship. You know, we, we think about that journey from Matthew. We, we see it come up a lot of times with our clients. You know, and if, you, and if you're familiar with Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey, that there is a threshold guardian. And we look at this woman that Matthew dated before me as his threshold guardian. And we find that a lot of our clients, before they meet their beloved, they meet their threshold guardian. And that person externally has those qualities. Mm. But internally, it's still reflecting back the old love imprint with the blocks to love so you can't get what you desire. So it's the same inside, the different outside. And the, the goal, just like in the hero's journey, is to get past the threshold guardian to your beloved. Yes. And so, um, so what, so now in your, tell us a little bit more about your practice, like what you do and how you pick uh, people who, are, who, who you can work best with. Sure, sure. So we have, a, we have a private practice. You know, we take on private clients, and it's really a small number of clients because we, um, you know, we like to give a lot of attention and energy to those people. And, and one of the main qualities that we're looking for, for who's somebody who makes a great client for us, is somebody who's really willing to look at and take responsibility for their life. Right. If you're still in blame, if you're, you know, we remember, you know, a while back we met this woman and and she said, oh, I don't have a problem, you know, with love. If I would, it's just I got to stop meeting all these crazy men. Mm-hmm. Right. So she's still looking at the men and saying, well, all the men are crazy, and that's the reason I can't find a relationship. She's right. not willing to look yet at herself and say, why is it that I only see crazy men? And right. somebody who's willing to take that next step, who's willing to say, I'm the common denominator in all of my relationships, they're really a perfect client for us. And um, we also, we work on the phone. So, you know, we're, we're very different than a lot of other people that work in, in our industry. We gave up um, our office. We used to have an office in Beverly Hills, and we gave that up about a year and a half ago because with our global audience, with our online business and the products that we sell there and programs that we offer, we put all of the coaching onto the telephone, which Matthew and I really like a lot. You know, we can, you can hear how people are choosing their language. I can hear someone when they're tense, when they relax. Um, and it also, I think, it, it gives um, some, uh, the ability for some people to really be more vulnerable on the phone because we're not sitting there looking at them while they're in process work. So we work with clients all over the globe, but we are very selective in those clients that we bring on because we want we in the seven step system we we actually move rather quickly and we work with most of our clients from 3 to 6 months so mm-hmm. it's not like we're working with a client for years mhm and we just had a client actually get engaged um she worked with us last year we she, we started working with her in march she met this guy in july and they got engaged in December. And, um, you know, that's, that's really what we find is the work really moves rather quickly in this way of being selective with our clients because we know that the work that we're doing, they're going to take responsibility and really do the necessary work in between sessions because the feedback in between sessions is really important. A lot of the processes that we do are what we call pattern interrupts because we're working with the subconscious. You know, we like to use this analogy. You know, Carol, if, if we gave you 
um, a new way to drive to work that got you there 10 minutes faster with less traffic, right? Wouldn't you, would you always take that new route? Mm-hmm. And most people say that. They go, yeah, I'm always going to take this new route. But see, the thing is, is, you know, you've been driving that route a long time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometime, someday you're going to be busy. You're not going to be thinking about where you're going. You're sort of on automatic pilot, and you know what? You're going to find yourself stuck in traffic right. on that old route. Right. And what happens is, is we think to ourselves, oh, gosh, all that work I did, it didn't work. Here I am stuck in traffic with the old stuff. Well, it doesn't mean you have to take that route over and over again. It just means, oh, now I make the conscious choice. So a lot of creating love on purpose is really about giving people choice in behavior. What are some of the things that you that you find that um, men and women uh, like take take women? Well, we talked a lot about women. What are some of the things that you find that men particularly um, come with problem patterns about? You know, the biggest problem we noticed with our male clients is is that they weren't aware there was a problem until it was too late. Yes. You know, uh, all the men pretty much that we work with, except for the ones that are in relationship, were divorced. And, they, and, and we noticed pretty much 99% of the men we worked with said, I didn't know there was a problem until she told me she wanted to get divorced. Mm. And I think it's very much, you know, something about the, the, the quality of the way men are in the world. You know, uh, we've interviewed a lot of top relationship experts, and, and John Gray, you know, author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, he says that, you know, men have what he calls an efficiency gene, which they will do just as much as they have to do and nothing more. And so how that shows up in relationship is if there isn't a problem in front of you, then you're not behaving differently. Mm-hmm. You're just doing the same thing day in and day out, right? And there can be a problem you're just not aware of it. And that usually comes because there's just not good communication in the relationship. Well, and of course, haven't you found also that um, a lot of these men picked the wrong women to begin with, that they were sort of being uh, uh, picking women for all the wrong reasons and, you know, and, and letting their sex get in the way and, and thinking of that as love and so on? Well, sure. I mean, I think that goes both ways, you know, men and women. But I, I think for men, a lot of it, again, it comes back to that love imprint, how they learn to receive love. You know, we, we had a, a man actually hire us for, you know, we, we sort of joked about it. He hired us for breakup coaching because he had this fiancé that was really tearing him up, and he was really a great guy. But what happened, his love imprint was around that the good man stays. Oh, Lorna, I have to, um, I need to, I'm sorry, I need to interrupt you. The end of this, I don't know, somehow it seems to be coming sooner than I expected, and I want to make sure that people get uh, your website that they can go to for more information. Sure. Our website is creatingloveonpurpose.com, and there's lots of free articles and videos there for people to access, and we have a, a weekly newsletter called Love Notes Weekly, and also, um, all of the listeners can tune in to see us live on um, January 31st. We are guest experts on Bravo's The Millionaire Matchmaker, and we coach one of Patty's clients before he goes on his date. <laughs> that's going to be great. So that's January 31st, Millionaire Matchmaker on Bravo. And again, the uh, website is creatingloveonpurpose.com. Really, I suggest to all of you, married or single or whatever, just go and check out this website. You'll find out more about Orna and Matthew and about um, things that you can do 
to uh, to to take stock of yourself and to figure out why why it might be you and not always the people you're meeting. Well, Orna Matthew Walters, thank you so much, and uh, keep up the wonderful work that you're doing. We need more love in our world, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.